Hey everyone, and welcome to Elixir Mix. I'm Adi, and today on the panel we have Alan Waima. Oh, hello. And Fernando Hamasaki. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, Fernando. <laughs> yeah, so hello, Alan. Hello, Adi. Fernando Hamasaki Demori. Yeah, the pronunciation, in fact, is a, a Japanese name, and Amori yeah. is a, from Portugal. I am Brazilian, so kind of a mix in my, my, my Italian name. Very cool, very, very cool, very unique. I remember working my tail off to become a senior developer. I read every book I could get my hands on. I went to any conference I could and watched the videos about the things that I thought I needed to learn. And eventually, I got that senior developer job. And then I realized that the rest of my career looked just like where I was now. I mean, where was the rush I got from learning? What was I supposed to do to keep growing? And then I found it. I got the chance to mentor some developers. I started a podcast and helped many more developers. I did screencasts and helped even more developers. I kind of became a dev hero. And now I want to help you become one too. And if you're looking forward to something more than doing the same thing at a different job three years from now, then join the Dev Heroes Accelerator. I'll walk you through the process of building and growing a following and finding people that you can uniquely help as you build the next stage of your career. You can learn more at devheroesaccelerator.com. Yeah, so before before I guess we get started and talk about, I guess, Miss Lexer, that's why we're here. Do you want to uh, give everyone an intro of yourself, like let everyone know why you're famous and why everyone loves you? Yeah, sure, sure. So, but uh, in fact, I'm not famous. It's up to you guys. First of all, thank you for having me. So it's a pleasure to participate of the Elixir Mix podcast. So I had uh, a fun, in fact. So I always listen to the podcast. Well, I have been working for software development about 20 years. I work with many different uh, platforms, languages, and uh, different applications, companies. And today I work at uh, a company called Find Hotel that's basically the meta search for hotel reservations. And there I had the opportunity to introduce Elixir at the Find Hotel stack. And I have been working now, I think, uh, two years and a half at least full-time with Elixir. We create application for Scratch. My team is uh, quite a mature team, engineers. And from that application, that we have some some, some application, but uh, basically the, this uh, booking platform, this backend of the booking platform, that appeared the, that was the, the motivation to create this Miss Elixir library. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. That's awesome. So I guess, yeah, you, you mentioned Miss Elixir. Do you want to talk a bit more about it? Like you said, it, it was motivated from your work, but like the, the name there, Miss Elixir, could be a little, uh, has a couple of interpretations. Like, do you want to talk more to that as well and what, what it actually does? Yeah, sure. So the idea of the name to use Miss, so Miss can depend on the, the context, can be a, a name, can be a verb. And uh, the idea was right, so it's like, okay, we are missing something. Is this like this beautiful woman championship, something like that? But this was the just a, a joke part. But the idea was, in fact, I'll give you I'll give you some context about uh, why this uh, was created. In fact, it, there is no plan to create that. It was just uh, because of need. We started um, our main application at Finopel as an umbrella application, the uh, Phoenix umbrella application. And then uh, from what I remember, the, the first version, we had, uh, I think, four applications in this umbrella. And uh, WorkUI was an MVP version, and everything was fine. And then uh, we do a lot uh, 
mainly we, we do a lot of data transformation because we integrate with the different external resources and uh, what you call hotel providers. And the application was growing. And then uh, we started starting the, the apps from the umbrella to another library. So we decided to do this design and to be flexible, for example, to add a new provider, add a new provider integration with a different external API and to be decoupled from the, the, from the, the main application. And then, okay, this is uh, one, one part of the story. And then, of course, like I think you guys, like me, and in fact, in most of the big projects, we have this kind of Uchios model, Uchios class, Uchios functions. And then uh, when, the, so we had that because we reused second kind of generic functions or something like that. And this was in the real application. And then from the moment we, we start extracting the components and then, uh, okay, we start the first one. Okay, let's copy this. It's, it's fine. Okay. And then such another one. Okay, let's copy this and then add in a new component. And then today our application, I think you have, I don't know, when I say components, I, I say libraries, Elixir libraries that uh, a main application consumes. And then we have uh, at least uh, 10 libraries, I don't know. And uh, like I said, we do a lot, a lot of data transformation because we uh, integrate with different providers and then each provider has an API. At the end, we get all this information and we transform in a generic interface that's consumed by the clients of our API or applications like a layer. Of course, the application does more of that, but one part of, of the core of the application is to, to provide a, a generic interface for different hotel providers. And then this Uchus models and threads uh, in many time, in many places. And then uh, some of these this functions, the engineer said, okay, this should should have some something that uh, could be in the Elixir core, that could be that. Of course, this is specific for our use, that context. But, uh, right. and then as I thought, okay, maybe, of course, Think about if you create these Uchios libraries, is one more Uchios libraries for Elixir because we see a lot of libraries doing that. So uh, you'll give an example of a classical example. It's like a map with string keys, and then you needed to transform it to atom keys. Right. So, and uh, I know that from me, from uh, Ruby engineers, that it has this operation or this this feature in the in, in Ruby in, in the native in the Ruby language. Proposing that and the uh, main issues I've learned, okay, this is not Ruby, it's a different way, it's a different way to think, and it should not be part of the Linux core. That's fine, I agree, I totally agree. But some, maybe, so I always say maybe, depends on the context, maybe uh, some functions that can be useful for, it's useful for us in our team, can be used for another Elixir engineers and uh, used right. in another applications. So that was the, the main motivation. Very cool. Yeah, I totally, totally resonate with the with what you said, like another, yet another utils library, right? Every company I've worked at with Elixir has had a utils library, has, has had an internal utils library. So, and I guess you said like you, your library has like functions like which help your use cases like data processing and stuff. Do you want to give like a couple examples of like functions that you, your library supports? Uh, you said map, like are there like examples and like map functions that you've added? Yeah, sure. So one, the main example, so just to be clear to the audience, 
So who's curious about this uh, library? It's quite a tiny library. It's not, we don't have a bunch of functions. We have some functions that are, are useful. So one of them I said uh, about the map, for example, imagine that, uh, so again, about the contents of about data transformation. Imagine, imagine that you have any structure and then uh, you want to transform it using structure or bare map. So we have the, in the, the mapping model, we have the from structure function. Okay, fine. We have the, that, it works fine. But imagine the situation that you have a nested structures as attributes or fields for that structure. The example that I gave in the, the blog post, Imagine we have this, this scenario, for example, a structure called the post, and then you have the attributes, title, name, dates, and then you have author, and author is another structure that has more attributes. And then you have uh, another attribute in the post structure that uh, comments, that's a list of uh, structures, that's a comment structure. If you have this data structure and we call map from structure, you transform only the first level of the, the structure in the author, in the comments, you remain as a structure. Of course, again, this is a specific situation. Okay, you want to transform all the mapping then you can create a function to do that. And then in general, you create this function and then you, you need to reuse this function. You put this in the, some Uchu models and, and uh, it can work with that. So, and then one example is the mismap uh, from nested structures. When you, when you pass this entire structure, you see entire map for all the structures, so go to all the levels. Of course, again, if you have a big structure with many levels, if you think about, okay, all about this performance, I want you to do that, so depends on your case. So right. I'm not saying that uh, this is the, the solution for any case, it's just uh, a tool that you, you can use. And the uh, interest that for the, again, talk about the data transformation, for this method, this function from a stacked structure, for example, if you think about uh, one attribute that's uh, a date, a date is a structure. And then when do we do the transformation, the date that you want to use as a date becomes a match. And you don't, do, don't, you don't want to do that, right? You want to use the date. And then this function, you can pass a second parameter that you say for the type, okay, for date structure, I want to skip the transformation. Very cool. You can do that. or for example, you want to do a transformation, then you can pass as a, the, the, the second parameter, this transformation parameter, data and a function, anonymous function or another, another uh, function model to transform that type. For, uh, uh, in the blog post, we see that you can do the transformation to string, the data to, to string, and then you have the representation of the data in string. So it depends on, on your case so that there is a the flexibility of that. So this is one example that we use a lot in our, our application. And then again, is used by different components, different libraries. Maybe someone is using, I don't know if, if the consumers of this library are using or not. This is an option. Like. Gotcha. Very cool. Very cool. Another thing, I think, in the blog post, and we'll have the link to the blog post in the uh, show notes so people can like, kind of follow along when they're here. One thing I see in the blog, uh, in the blog post is, uh, I think it's like a little point. You said none of the functions in Miss Elixir have the same name as the functions in the corresponding modules. So like miss.kernel would not have same functions as like kernel. 
are you like enforcing that somehow or is that just like by design and not enforced at this point yeah so the idea so the idea is not to compete or overhide any any function in the elixir core or make up a function elixir core so again we are talking about elixir we are talking about uh, to make the things explicit and not hide uh, so it's explicit and uh, this is by design in another important choice by design is i was talking about the uh, map from nested structure function but we don't call map from nested structure map the map model is from elixir all the modules that are part of the miss elixir library has the the miss namespace preceding the model it's like it's like one uh, extra function for the the model but it's quite explicit that it is not part of the, the elixir and that's why all the functions does not uh, don't don't have the same name to make it clear that this is not part of the elixir and then the example is if you want to call a function in the additional function that is provided by BRMISX here in the map model, you call miss.map.the function, miss.kernel.the function, miss.string.the function. The idea is not to use alias called the BISLX models exactly to make explicit okay we are doing that uh, not in elixir core you are doing using the library very cool very cool so so i guess my question was like are you like like enforcing through like tests or something that there are no overlapping functions between say miss.kernel and regular kernel is that like just a, like just a design pattern that you're following or like is that like also like enforced through tests like if i define miss.kernel.devstruct will something break or um no i I think you not break, gotcha. but uh, you bring some confusion. It's like right. I use the kernel, I use the map, but uh, it's from it's from the the, the library or from the Elixir right. core. Yeah, so let's make explicit that uh, this is not so. Again, the idea is to bring new functions, not compete right. or if Elixir, and uh, so going again to the to the name, means the name is is like. If you see in the library description, some functions that I miss, I, Fernando, miss in the Elixir core, that could be or not part of the study library. It's not my decision, it's like just a suggestion. And uh, I cannot say that uh, this sh should be part or not. Like uh, uh, if you want to, to use like that, maybe, I don't know, it's really useful. It's like uh, is a standard function or a specific for the specific content. Gotcha. Very cool. I'm kind of curious about why some of these wouldn't even be included in Elixir, right? Like renaming keys seems like something that well, I don't use it a lot, but I, I think that some people will probably use it a lot. I mean, use it enough that you specifically wanted to include this in this library, right? So I was just curious if why why these things wouldn't be there or have you actually tried to submit these to Elixir to see if they're interested to have them in? Yeah, so the question about if I try to, to, to introduce the Elixir, the answer is yes and no. I will explain. I open up a request that is the in the list model that is uh, in, in Miss Elixir library. So Miss list model, we have the intersection function. And then uh, because we don't have that in Elixir for lists, we have intersection for map sets, but not for lists. 
And then I opened a pull request, but my, my idea, I knew that I, I, I was doing wrong because you cannot open a pull request and just change the, the codes and introduce a new function. If you read the guideline, the guideline, how to contribute, this is not, uh, but I knew that, but what I wanted is, was, was like a, a sorry guys from the Elixir core, sorry, Jose Valier, was just, uh, I wanted to change the Elixir code by myself. It's like, okay, I am doing that and uh, run the, the Elixir in my local machine and uh, uh, add this functionality. I knew that uh, the pull request would be, probably would be refused, like it was, because I, mainly because I, I, I didn't follow the, the, the procedure to, to propose a new feature. And, uh, but uh, the idea was to generate a discussion. And in, uh, if you see the, the, the discussion, the pull request, some guys say, okay, this is useful. And another one's doing a, a benchmark. Okay, but if you use map sets, you'll be more performatic. And I, some, some reply, I said, okay, but the idea is not to use map sets because map sets already have that. I want to use to list that in my use case to use intersects in a list. If I needed to transform a list to map set to do the intersection and transform it back to list, I, I did a benchmark. I said, okay, it's not my use case. And uh, but it's okay, it was denied because I did it wrong and uh, I did the kind of, uh, I knew that uh, that, that wasn't the procedure. But uh, my idea was just to use the case that it could be in the, in the Elixir library. If you ask me, why, but why didn't you suggest another function that is in Ms. Elixir? It's kind of, this library was made, like I said, in the contents of the, the, our needs in our team that can be used for another things. If there is a need in the Elixir core, maybe who is using can do that. Of course, I can, I can open a discussion and, and see, but it's like, it's not only my need. If it's a need for the community to do that, I think it's kind of a natural thing to do. So I don't want to push change like because I have a library. No, the, in fact, the library is, is less, less important. The importance is the Elixir core. And if some idea, some function, or is a, uh, for generic purpose, that's not only a specific context, maybe the community can say, okay, there is a library there that this function, maybe you can use in the So in summary, it's not up to me to, to do that. I am just suggesting uh, to solve my cases and uh, sharing if someone wants to use as well. Yes. Hey folks, it's Charles Maxwood, and I just wanted to jump in here and let you know about something that I'm doing. It's free. It's out there just to help you get answers to your questions about the things that you're running into with your career. So if you have questions about how to get further ahead in your career, how to start a podcast, how to get a better job, how to get a raise, how to deal with a situation at work with your boss, or just maybe you're stuck and you don't know where to go next. You know, how do I get from junior to senior, senior to whatever's next? How do I become a speaker? How do I get to the next level? That's what I'm out here to do. So every Wednesday at 12 o'clock mountain time, I'm going to be doing a call and it's going to be free, totally free. Go to devchat.tv slash level up and you can register for the call. It's using Zoom's webinar software. So it's pretty straightforward. And what we're going to be doing is I'll do 10 minutes and I'll just show you how I do some form of how I level up. And then 
we'll just answer questions. And it's not going to be a question and answer like, hey, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? And then I say Rocky Road or whatever, right? Instead, what we're looking for is more along the lines of, yeah, I have the situation. How do I handle it? I'm trying to figure this thing out. How do I figure it out? I'm trying to stay current. How do I stay current? And if you have any of those kinds of questions, I'll bring you on the call. We'll ask some deeper questions. We'll make sure we get you a solid answer. And I'm really looking forward to helping some people out. There will be no sales, no selling, no nothing on these calls. It is literally just 10 minutes of training and then Q&A. So you can go check it out at devchat.tv slash level up. A quick side question. You said you're using list subtraction, get the intersection. Didn't they speed up list subtraction or OTP 21 or something? Like, isn't it like slow anymore? Wasn't that like a thing? You mentioned that when you submitted a pull request, you said that list subtraction is slow. And I thought they sped it up quite a bit. Like, it's actually more efficient to do subtraction than actually convert it to like math set, both like in terms of like memory and speed, right? Am I remembering this correct? Yeah, yeah. So from the OTP 22. Oh, 22. Okay. 22. This subtraction is faster. Is it documented as a now in the their link? As a, if you see, if you go to the, maybe you can put the link in the, in, in the page of the podcast. It's like a, now it's a meet. It's like in the, in the, the session meets that uh, this is, this is slow. So, and that was one of the motivations like, I want a list. I don't want a map set. A map set. If I use a map set, of course I do the intersection using map set. But I, I only have a list. I am. Uh, it's like uh, so. I can use. You can use OTP to That's okay. So awesome. Very cool. What other functions, I guess, are in like your uh, bucket list to add to this this library? I know. So I have my own library but it's, it's like only for the kernel uh, it's like a private library that i use only for my side projects i call it introspectable kernel and all that like it, it adds more kind of like introspective features to like stuff that i think elixir should have like use macro for example if you call use something i think you should store that this module is using a module or like if you've if you've like defined like a private macro and you're enforcing it to be used and like like again like making sure you store that information that i think elixir the fact that it looks like it doesn't do it is like a efficiency I, that's in my eyes. So I have like a huge bucket list of things I want to add to that. And I'm sure like you have uh, like a bucket list of functions too. And I, I just want to like hear some of those, like what, what are the functions you'd like to add to Ms. Elixir? Yeah. So if you ask me the functions that I, I would add to Elixir core, some functions of the uh, Ms. Elixir for sure. There is a function called, uh, let me remember here i think it's a kernel char list that is not so useful i did that but in, in fact there is a better solution there is another function that uh, we are about to add to Ms. elixir for for map as well that is kind of a transform function again the content is about the transformation imagine that uh, so i talk about uh, structures and imagine that in your application have some boundaries and then uh, we needed to transform a structure that's similar to another structure, another layer of your, your application. Imagine if I, I will give you a, a simple example, phone. So phone, you have the, the, the code and the number. And imagine that, okay, you have the phone in this layer of the application and you have this boundary that uh, one application consumes another, but the consumer of this first application 
already have this phone structure that could be the same, could be similar, could have more or, or less attributes. And then sometimes you need to transform a structure to another structure. And then you have in some functions to do that, like transform the phone that is a namespace or, a, or a, from a library to a phone structure that is another, another boundary of the, the application. So then transform structure, just transform a structure with a name, this namespace to another structure and reuse the attributes, the value. Then you can think about, okay, but uh, if this structure has more attributes, you can ignore, you can, so it's, it's about uh, uh, how to use. So this one of the functions that you are about to add. And uh, one thing that's interesting that you said, okay, I have a, I have in my, my application just that uh, using macros with a kernel, I think another another engineer, you say, okay, I have this function that I use a lot in my application. And another engineer, okay, I have this that's not inside Elixir, but it's quite useful. I have this DSL that aggregated this function, something like that. So the idea of a Elixir is like bringing those functions. It's like, like if I ask you, why did you, why didn't you try to, to add this function or, or model in Elixir core? If you think about, okay, because maybe it's not the case, maybe because it's not too generic, but then you can maybe centralize all those with your functions and in a place and bring it together and use it together. I open an issue in the Mr. Elixir GitHub repository that the title of the, the issue is, what do you miss? What do you miss? And then I invite you add add your proposal. And who is, who is listening to us? Okay, I have this function that I think is generic enough to, to be used by many projects. Okay, let's, let's start. And I, and I space it to, to discuss. And I can say, again, I am not blaming anyone. I'm not blaming uh, Elixir Core. It's, I can say that it's easier to be accepted to the Mise Elixir. And we start using, reusing, and more people using than the Elixir Core that I totally understand because I, if, if you are part of the Elixir Core, okay, there, there are, you cannot put everything that every, uh, everyone asks because right. this is the core. And it's not a specific for specific contents or specific uh, situation. But I can say maybe in Elixir, Elixir, you can add some, how can I say that, renegated functions or something like that, that uh, could be useful. So the idea is to share and use it and uh, reuse the, the, those uh, functionalities. Awesome. So for those of you listening, if you had a proposal who got that got rejected from Elixir, reach out to Fernando. <laughs> 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 Alan, do, do you have any, any other questions, Fernando? Actually, I was just going to say, like, your library kind of reminds me of, I'm just trying to make sure I got the right name. I think maybe this is not the right one. Oh, there's, I think it's called Common Validators. Have you seen this library before? Ectocommons, sorry. Ectocommons. Yeah, Ectocommons. I think I'll, I'll drop a link in there. Have you seen this one before? No, in fact, not yet. Maybe because I am not using this uh, Ectocommons, Ecto? but uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, what I'm what I'm saying is like they're providing validations that are. I mean, they they're kind of could be building upon things already in Ecto, but in general, they're. I mean, like there's a validator just for emails, right? The question is, how do you validate an email? Well, they have different. They have actually an email validator with different options, so that you can actually kind of choose 
how you want to validate things. Of course, you could just use regular regex or, or whatever you're looking, you know, what, anyways, there's kind of things in here that probably shouldn't be in the core ecto, but people find useful. And that's really what reminds me of your your library miss elixir is that it's it's very similar to the fact that these are things that people want to use they want to be able to validate social security numbers postal codes even urls but you know like reusing that across it would be great if there was a common library for that and that's where ecto common kind of comes in and same thing with your your like library it's like a toolbox where I, hey i want to do these things that are not built into elixir but okay it looks like this library has them i just want to pull that in and make sure i have that part of my toolkit when i make my elixir apps so i was just wanted to kind of think that you know when, once i saw this elixir and what it's doing it just reminds me of this ecto commons that's that's just my my thoughts when i saw it yeah so sure it's, it's, like it. that's the idea in fact i am saying here i uh, take a look in the for example in my validator i use regex and i replace the, the i use the the, the same regex in, in many validations. Maybe I started using that. This, I, I didn't know about that. So yeah, quite useful. Yeah, so this, this library has been quite cool. The thing is most of my clients are outside of the US. So validating social security number just doesn't make sense. So, uh, but but yeah, I, I still like the idea. And But the, I mean, there's always the credit card one, right? The credit card one is definitely good to have because you want to make sure you have a valid credit card at certain points. Um, yeah, usually sure. your payment gate will let you know about that. In any case, yeah, this is right. this is kind of cool. I, I like this thing. And I, I can understand that people like the, the core team sometimes, yeah, okay, maybe your method, I think if I understand from the issue is your method wasn't optimal, right? That's why they said, okay, we don't want this one. I thought it was a little bit strange, but okay. Finding, I mean, everybody knows that two lists, right? You have to iterate through the whole thing no matter what. So that's... You know what are you gonna do? I guess hiding it's not gonna make a difference. But the uh, but I understand that like the more you add the core, that's the more work they have to do. That's right. another kind of trade off. So is it really worth it to have this? There's some functions that get added in the core that I'm not convinced they should be in there. But maybe I just don't have the the context around it. Like there was uh, some new functions added into list. I think there was a common GCD the greatest common denominator mm. to me it just i don't really actually understand that much about math and this kind of thing so like i looked at it and i was like oh i don't really know what's the point of this but it must be important that it's put into core but i just feel yeah. like that's quite a lot <laughs> that's it's a pretty big function to have right yeah, i think it's yeah I think a lot of it's like depends on their vision right like i mean for example they like i think a lot of the changes they did recently was for nx and like you know supporting like lifebook and stuff right so i think where they want to go which is why like it's like subjective right so what they envision language becoming in like the near future and it, they probably felt like intersection was not needed for that which again eventually they will have an intersection in in, in the code that's what i believe but yeah let's see if they do yeah. it differently <laughs> I also think that it's like, oh, if you want that, change your list into a map set and then change it back. That just seems like a lot of work when, uh, yeah. But but also the one line that, I mean, the one line that they gave you is also okay, right? It was like enum.each and loop through it and this kind of thing. If I remember correctly, that that's also okay too. I find it quite interesting that you're actually using Erlang code within your, your maps part two, right? When you did replacing the keys. Because to me, like everybody's done in programming class, like where you have to swap variables, right? We have a temp variable in there. So that's like what I was thinking you would do, but you did something with Erlang. I, I, why did you decide to go that route rather than just, to me, like I think it's like map.get. Like I would think just swapping like that. I was curious why I use map.take like that kind of way. Did you do yeah. some benchmarking to make this 
make it this yeah, way? Or? For, this is a specific case is not for the mappy rename keys and in rename keys uh, functions. But something that uh, is quite interesting when do you do a uh, open source is uh, what you learn. So that's for any engineer, I think is a really good thing. It's like when I was doing this specific case for the, the rename keys, there are many ways to do it. But uh, the first thing that I did was to take a look in the Elixir core code and see how they manipulate maps. And then I, I started discovering these Erlang functions. And then uh, instead of uh, delegate to Elixir to delegate to Erlang, I got the to Erlang directly because it's working and how it's, it's done in the Elixir core already today. So, and then I learned how to use those Elixir, sorry, these uh, Erlang models and functions. And I can say to you that every code that I did, mainly, mainly in the map, I think kernel as well. Okay, any code. I took a look first in the in the, the core, Elixir core implementation first for the model. Okay, they are using like that. And I tried to, to use the same pattern or the same kind of design or guideline. It's like, I'm not... Uh, created a wheel. I just need to, to use what is working, is working very well in the Elixir. So I just needed to get this, this expertise and put in, in the code of the library. That makes sense. Cool. Any, any other questions for Fernando? Fernando, any, anything else you want to share before we start wrapping it up? Just maybe out of context, but I, I, I talk about data transformation and Maybe someone is, is listening to it and ask why I need to transform maps to a structure and structure maps and structure structures. Why all this, this work? The idea is to, to have a strong contract. If you imagine that uh, you're consuming an API, that's a JSON API. And then at the end, you have, if you do the parse of this JSON, you have a map, a bare map. But do you want to use this bare map in the layers of your application? Or do you want to create a strong uh, contract that represents the business business of that uh, map that was generated from the, the API response? And then from that moment, we use only Elixir code, not you don't think more about uh, JSON. It's like the, 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 the clear separation. If I needed to consume a, a external resource like a HTTP API, I have my by layer of uh, I call infrastructure too, if HTTP requests and parsing, and then the response of uh, some model or some function is uh, a struct, struct, and then and of course nested structs because we have uh, sometimes complex data. And then from that moment, I forget about uh, I don't care about HTTP. I don't care. I don't. I don't care about JSON. I don't care about HTTP status code responses and requests. I just need to use an structure, and then I apply my business logic in this context and uh, the other way around. When I need to send some information to this API, I send a structure as a Parents, structures, something like that. And then the, the, the infra layer do the job to transform this, okay, in carry string, in the JSON, and uh, uh, to, to talk with the, the, the API. So it's like a separation of uh, not data of contracts, if data of contracts. And then uh, from that, you can do the any transformation that you want. You want to pass on other layers. And then uh, uh, we do the this only with the poor Elixir code, not uh, 
strings or or even bare maps that you, we don't have any any control of uh, what is added or or removed of a bare map. Yeah. 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 Huge fan of using structs over just like bare maps that you get from like API or wherever. Yeah. Like I use I don't have Mesolixer, but I use Acto generally as like the transformation layer to just like bring bring the incoming map in, cast it and like validate it into like a struct. And that just makes, like you said, Fernando, the entire pipeline of functions really deterministic because you can like pattern match and the map the struct type and you know everything that you expect, the keys that you expect will be there. And yeah, everything else becomes very deterministic. A huge fan of that. Yeah, and, and, and you you mentioned something that's really important. When you have a, a strong contract, you play a lot of your pattern and match. So you can use pattern and match a lot. And uh, uh, this is really useful and uh, different from language that I work with, like uh, you compare with Ruby, Java, or C Sharp or something like that. Using using pattern and match to make it data transformation in strong contracts is kind of uh, totally handy and uh, uh, quite easy and useful. Yeah, totally. It's a game changer. Yeah. Like recently I was working on a project which has a potential to be an NP complex problem. It's a data transformation from one like a kind of non-nested data that we get from front end to like a kind of structure of query to send to Elasticsearch and pattern matching and like having like a struct type for every node was huge because that just made every function like, you know, very small and Easy, easily kind of separating the functions and their own concerns and you know, not coupling the logic of two different things in like one place. And it, it makes it so easy to read. Cool. Awesome. Great. I think that's all we have, right? Alan, we're good? Cool. Cool. So I guess to wrap this up, we usually end with picks. Hey folks, it's Charles Maxwood. And I just wanted to jump on real quick and let you know that I am putting together a podcasting course. I get asked all the time. I've been coaching people for the last six months. How do you start a podcast? How do you put it together? What do I need in order to get it going, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I've put together the curriculum and I did it through coaching a whole bunch of people. And now I want to share it with you. You can go check out the course. It's actually going to be a masterclass. It's going to be a four-week masterclass where I actually walk you through the entire process of launching a terrific-sounding podcast and putting together content that people want to listen to. And you can find it at podcastbootcamp.io. Alan, do you want to go first? Yeah, so my pick is a little bit weird. I, I'm actually, as I mentioned to Adi a little bit before, is I'm actually kind of working on kind of guest hosting another another podcast just because I I like that podcast. So as you guys know, I'm a big Rust fanboy. So I asked and reached out if I could do some Rust episodes. I'm still new to Rust, right? So I'm not feeling a bit like an imposter kind of uh, doing something. But at the same time, I'm using this as an excuse to get more into Rust. So I think it's a good way to kind of put myself out there like, okay, now I actually have to make time because I have to prepare for the guests, etc. And I was lucky to actually interview uh, Daniel Stenberg, I believe is his name. You guys probably don't know his name, but you definitely know his tool of Curl. So he's the guy who created Curl. As Curl just came out with uh, using Hyper as a backend, so Hyper is written in Rust. And uh, yeah, so anyways, well, one of the things I think is kind of important is that when you're working in open source, and then maybe, maybe you've had this before, Fernando, is that people can be quite demanding and if something is not, <laughs> so I see I just shaking his head like crazy. So, you know, people can be quite demanding and people can be expecting things that you're just not able to provide for them. 
And let me just kind of reach out and drop this one in. So this actually happened recently. Uh, well, the set this last part. So somebody basically threatened his life because they blamed him for something going wrong in his uh, code. They basically said curl was a bad thing. And they went through the source code and found out that curl was being used somewhere. And they just said, I'm going to, I think the words were, I will slaughter you. Yeah. So, and he's gotten things before in the past, but this one really stood out for whatever reason. Right. But I did want to say that he did kind of come back six months later, at least, and then uh, apologize saying, Hey, uh, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't mean it. So I guess I just want to say like, this is a good example of doing open source. Yeah. It's, it looks nice. And it, and you know, you think it's fun and everything, but it's not, all, it's not all glory. Right. I think Fernando knows that too. Right. People will, will complain if something's broken and, and, complain why it's not done yet maybe or whatever uh and it takes a lot of effort right and and the other thing too is like you may get comments like this and depending on what the comment is it could be serious he took it quite serious but i'm happy that it seems the guy kind of came back and said hey you know what that was a bad time in my life i'm sorry and i think that's important too is that people make mistakes and for sure i i act emotional a lot i'm trying to do it less and less but it's important that if you do catch yourself, try to rectify the situation. And so I just want to highlight that nobody's immune to these kind of attacks. And that if you do do something similar, try to catch yourself and try to say you're sorry, especially if you mean it. If you don't mean it, that's that's out of this topic. But yeah, I mean, it, just understand that you're using the software for free, right? And that if it's really a problem for you, you should probably try to help out rather than just pointing fingers and saying, hey, you you cost me a problem, I, you know, you're a big problem, whatever. So that's kind of my big pick is more of like a community thing than anything else. That's a great pick. That's a great pick. Yeah, I have I have authored a couple open source libraries and thankfully I have never received anything like this. Most of them have been thank, thank you emails, but it's really interesting. <laughs> I, I'm going to definitely check out the article and I'm kind of hoping that there is something justifiable like a mental health problem or something from the other person's side uh, because well that's annoying. exactly what the guy said is he said i, I have schizophrenia but oh, uh, you know okay. people can say whatever i don't i don't know if he does or doesn't i'm not saying he doesn't but right and he also claimed that he was getting scammed by like 10 people and all of them are named dan and just so happens that daniel is also named dan gotcha sounds a little bit weird but i you know people do weird things in weird situations right yeah. so yeah it's it's I'm interesting story read about it <laughs> Awesome. That's most important, right? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing. That's very interesting. Fernando, do you have any picks? I'm not sure if you're ready. <laughs> yeah, yes, I have. In fact, it's not uh, related. If it's not direct, yeah, no, it's not related to technology. But I, I thought that this for me was quite interesting. There is a podcast called Acquired that tell the stories of great companies, and one specific episode was about the story of the NBA, National Basketball Association, but from the business point of view. I play basketball, so I liked a lot of this, this episode and saying the stories about the, the how the NBA was created. I think I remember this. It didn't didn't NBA get saved by like Michael Jordan and stuff in the early 90s, if I remember? Like they kind of came in and reinvigorated the sport. If that's what I think I heard. Maybe uh, I'll have to listen to the episode. Awesome. Awesome. That's very interesting. So do you have any other picks, Fernando? No, no. That's, that was my... Awesome. So I have, uh, again, um, I, I've been like uh, kind of lately picking like cool job positions. There is a really cool startup named slab.com. They're completely in Elixir. They like trying to build like a knowledge sharing 
product. Um, it's really cool. And they're like hiring like an early stages. Uh, so yeah, reach out to them. They're co-founders. I spoke with them. They're really cool people. And they're very passionate about Elixir. Uh, so if anyone of you is looking for a job, that's a great place. And another really cool place is Hank. And it's uh, it's a product with like a little more, you know, rewarding kind of a rewarding effects where, you know, you're like helping older people kind of be more independent in their lives. Like kind of these, they, Hank kind of handles like, you know, services and, you know, they're daily like cleaning and all that stuff they their product handles that but they have some really cool challenges that they're that they're going to start dealing with so both of these players are hiring and if anyone is interested in talking with them there'll be links in the podcasts page so sounds good it's the one question i always see a lot is who's hiring for elixir i really want to use this <laughs> yeah it's it's actually really great it, it makes me feel really good when I see so many new companies kind of doing Elixir and, and, and like, you know, even like Ruby with like it being op- openness to Elixir, right? And currently, I mean, it's a great place uh, to be like a, a job applicant. You know, it's a great market right now, especially the demand for Elixir is really high. So if you know Elixir, yeah, it's a great place to, it's a great place to be today. <laughs> nice. Can I make a, a self-promotion about jobs? Go for it. Yeah, so... Just saying that, uh, like I mentioned, I work at Find Hotel. So if you're listening to, you're looking for a new Elixir, Elixir job, you can join us to work in Amsterdam or work remotely. So it's your choice. Our our squad is is growing. Our company is growing. So if you, if you if you want to have fun, have a lot of fun with Elixir in Find Hotel. So if you want want to have fun with Elixir, if yes, apply for for uh, our positions. Awesome. Wow. Great number of uh, Elixir jobs. <laughs> cool. I think that's all. That's all for today then. Thanks for everyone who joined us today and we'll see you all next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit dot com to learn more.